0: Welcome to the Hope Athletics Orange and Blue podcast. My name is Alan Babbitt, Sports Information Director here at Hope College. It's my uh, privilege, uh, as we have done this podcast now in our second year, to talk with different uh, Hope College uh, coaches, administration, student-athletes, and have them share their experiences of hope and uh, you know just the, the great place. And it's n- nice to be able to spotlight the great people that make hope the wonderful place it is. Uh, here with me today, it's my honor to talk with Grace Penninger, uh, former Hope College uh, volleyball student athlete, a recent graduate from Hope uh, with a degree in history and uh, appropriately with this being Women's History Month. And uh, the, as we continue our celebration throughout the school year of uh, Title IX legislation with a project that she had a big part in and uh, it was a, a, a joy to read and, and learn some things I didn't, I had forgotten or didn't know yet or hadn't learned in my time as sports information director. So Grace, welcome to the orange and blue podcast.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, let's first to get uh, to know you a little bit uh, before we get into talk about your wonderful project, Grace uh, from uh, Mount Vernon, Iowa to Hope yeah. College. How does one from Iowa find Hope College?
1: Yeah, so um, my family um, actually vacationed up in Arcadia, Michigan for my whole life, and I knew that I wanted to come somewhere in Michigan. I knew I wanted to go somewhere small, somewhere um, that felt like a home, and Hope was absolutely that place for me, so yeah. With uh, with
0: volleyball, obviously, was your your sport of, of choice. Um When did you first fall in love with the game?
1: Yeah, I fell in love with the game when I was probably like 10 or 11 because my sister was kind of getting into it. And she she would kind of play in the backyard with me, you know, trying to coach me in this in some way I was horrible and I I just thought I just really wanted to get better so I could actually play volleyball with my sister and um so I like worked really really hard to like get to her level she's was two uh two and a half years older than me um and so that's kind of where I fell in love with it and got super committed just to kind of keep up with my sister
0: (laughs) what did you as you once you got up to her and did you get better? Are you better than her or did she, uh, or she still? She actually are you still ended up not.
1: yeah, she didn't stick it out. Um, she <laughs> quits, I think middle of high school. Um, by that point I was doing it for myself and I, I just loved the sport. Um, she, uh, went, she's a photographer now, so she was busy with that. And, um, but that it became just one of the biggest parts of my life. I just I loved it so much and really wanted to continue it in college. Just um was just really important to me to like being who it was part of who I was. So yeah. Uh,
0: I we're talking about her and I didn't ask her name. What's your sister's name? We should give her credit for being the inspiration.
1: <laughs> yeah. Her name's Claire. Um she uh lives in North Carolina now with her husband Gio and her two two little um children. <laughs>
0: Nice. Well, um, well, thank you. Thank her for inspiring you to play volleyball. Hope, uh, a defensive specialist that position's a unique position because it's, it's a tough one. You got to anticipate and react real fast to uh, yeah. someone trying to slam the ball down on the court. What did, what gravitated you to that spot on the floor? And what have you, what do you, what did you enjoy about that challenge uh, of playing on the back row?
1: Yeah. So I, um, am quite like small in stature. Um, so there wasn't that many options for for me. Um, I kind of, I used to be like a setter in like middle school. I thought I was going to be the best setter in the whole world. Um, but then I stopped growing and I was like, I think I need to get good at, uh, passing and digging. So that's what kind of, (laughs) kind of limited my options, but I, I love it. I love defensive specialist. (laughs)
0: What, what did you learn to really enjoy about it and, and thrive on that challenge?
1: Yeah, I, I felt like it was so empowering to like see a ball that looked super impossible to get off the floor and think, yeah, I can think I can get that ball and then actually go for it. Um and also, I mean, what I also love about it, we have a wonderful the girls above me and below me, um, it, at hope, who are also defensive specialists, um, just it's such a good community of people who like love each other so much. Um, and so they became like uh Sasha Poland and Maggie Wehrmeier, um Gabby Vashan and Jenna Vanderlaan um from kind of grades above me. Um, we just all became really great friends and became a great community that supported one another. So that was kind of, uh, my, uh, top like reasons for loving that position.
0: I imagine with that position, you have to have a short memory because you're not going to get every ball, especially the level hope competes at in practice, let alone for some sure. of the competition you faced as one of the top teams in the country. I, I, Is that something you had naturally, or is that something you learned from like, okay, I didn't get this one, but I'm going to get the next one.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like, just like a respect kind of thing when McKenna Otto just slams it right in front of you. Or honestly, I mean, there's been multiple times where I just get like hit in the face. Honestly, (laughs) Um, it's just like, wow, that was really good. (laughs) Like. I, it kind of becomes even on an opposing team, like when it's something's really, really good and you gave your full effort towards it, but still, they like it still hit the ground. You know, like it was, it's honestly just uh, a thing of, yeah, that was good. Okay, I'm going to try to get you on the next one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> a lot of successes for the that you were a part of with the Hope volleyball team, including this past fall. Um, you talked about the community already within your defensive specialist group. And I know that extends beyond that with uh, the program head coach, Becky Schmidt has built. Yeah. Uh, When you think back about your time as a volleyball student athlete, what, what impacted you, you know, from when you came in as a freshman from Iowa to now a graduated senior and, and, and moving on with your, your career, uh, in, in history.
1: Yeah. Um, volleyball really was a lifeline for me. I hope, um, It became as soon as I entered the program, it like it was this my community. They were my all of my friends were like volleyball people, you know, coming from out of state. A lot of people know each other, um, but I just, you know, didn't have any sort of community here. And volleyball really just like wrapped its arms around around me, Um, not like just the people that were on the team, even freshman year all the way up through as as we added people, um, throughout my career just became so important to my life and so supportive. Um, and coach, uh, Schmidt actually just does a wonderful job of being so welcoming to everyone in, um, that's coming into the program and just making that a possibility. So all of the bonding and, um, team culture, uh, efforts that, she and the coaching staff puts forth really just bonds everyone together and be, makes it a a community for sure.
0: And then a great way with uh, your your uh, last season to be MIAA champion. Um, oh, it was wonderful. Find yeah. out what did that mean to you to um, you know to have that and be a part of a team that you know was the best in the MIAA uh, this season.
1: Yeah, it was it was amazing because we knew freshman year coming in we had I think so well there was I think there was like 19 people at the very beginning with our class and then by the end it was nine and we knew that our class had so much talent and so much versatility and each person brought so much to the table and we had just kind of been waiting for the moment where we could show what we were capable of. And it felt like just a culmination of the four years of growth. Um, And so to, to kind of come out on top with that was just wonderful. Yeah. You
0: know, part of, and I hear this uh, from a lot of student athletes that I talk to, one of the unique things with hope and the division three level in particular, is that an opportunity to be able to compete at a high level uh, athletically, but then be able to, you know, you're, pursue other things academically or just part of the college experience here, the vast array of opportunities that are here at Hope. What, what did that mean to you to be able to balance where you could be a high level college athlete, but then be able to, you know, if you want to participate in dance marathon, for example, or right. some of the things that you did, just talk about that and what, what that meant to you to kind of have that, where it just wasn't that hundred percent laser focus on athletics.
1: Yeah. So I am a huge history nerd. I love, um, I I love honestly school, which is kind of a unpopular opinion. I love <laughs> academics. Um, and it's like, just as volleyball is, uh, is super important to me and really big part of my life. My passion for history is also like so, so important to me and part of who I am. And being able to pursue that to like the ends of my of, of possibilities um, was so important. Like I was employed at the Joint Archives for um, since my freshman year, and also at the Kreisinger Art Museum. And that just like, completely prepared me to I'm, I'm actually going to be pursuing a master's degree um, to go into archives. And it just prepared me so much it even to the I was just doing volleyball as much as volleyball was important. I would not be prepared for everything like academically that I'm wanting to pursue. So being able to have the best of both worlds really um, with athletics and with academics was just amazing. I would not trade my like D3 experience for the world. I just would never make a different choice because I just enjoyed it so much.
0: When did you discover that, uh, as you call it, a history nerd? When did you realize, okay, uh, this is kind of like, they talk about like a, maybe a perfect serve or a perfect uh, golf swing where you had that tuning fork and you realize, you know what, this is what, you know, I, I was graced with the talent and passion to do. When did you realize, man, history just feels different than maybe something else?
1: Yeah. So actually through taking some of the, um, you know, like national standardized tests, they always would have like questions at the very end, um, specifically, usually for just um, female students. And it would usually ask about your interest in STEM. And I always felt like, I was like, you know, like, I mean, I'm, I like science. Like I like math like enough, but like, I, I don't know. I think I just, I'm not a STEM person. <laughs> like I'm not a STEM person. I just, I think I really like history and English. And as I kind of leaned into that. Um, I, I realized that through specifically like an AP world history course that I was just super passionate about like learning people's stories from the past. And I just thought it was so cool to, especially women in the past kind of parse out their stories and make uh, like kind of give them a voice. Um, and, and it just like really, light lit me up inside. So yeah.
0: With uh, this project that you did kind of talking about Hope Athletics, the early years, um, where did that idea germinate from? Um, How did that start? Where did you get that idea to put together this article?
1: Yeah. So um, Jeff Reynolds at the Joint Archives, he's the director there. He um, actually came to me with this project um, because the uh, jacket that was left. Uh, that was kind of like the centerpiece of the story. Um, there, it was a, a blue uh, a Women's Athletic Association jacket from the early 1950s that was dropped off at the Holland Museum. And because it was hope, uh, it was a, like a hope thing and not just like a Holland thing, they um, gave it to the Joint Archives. And it was just dropped off. It was like anonymous. It was on the front step um mm-hmm. and didn't have any information about the owner and he came uh jeff came to me with this and said you know would do you think you would want to kind of research the waa and kind of figure out like what some of these patches mean and what um like what kind of story you can find from this because there's a lot there um I was like, I just immediately was like, this is, this is it. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to, I want to find that story. I want to find, um, be able to kind of put, you know, a person into that jacket that we have now. Um, and it was, it was just super exciting for me and I really loved just jumping on it.
0: Were you ever able to discover the owner of of that jacket? No,
1: no still working on it. So we, in the article, it actually says like, if you know anything about it, if you are the donor of this, please let me know. Cause I just want to meet you. <laughs> yeah.
0: How long did that project take to put together before you published the article then?
1: Almost a full year um, or school year. Um, so I started on it in, I think the beginning of my junior year and, um, so 20, late 2020, and then didn't come out until the spring of last year.
0: What's, uh, what's the, I'm sure there was a ton that you learned, but what, what stood out to you? What was something like you just didn't know? Because, you know, that was obviously back in the fifties or sixties, yeah. what, what, what's something that jumps out to you that you, you're, you're so going to take with you?
1: I was super intrigued by the fact Um, first of all, that, I don't know the way that women's sports at that time was centered around social life and that honestly, almost all of the women at hope were part of the WAA, um, and just how important it was to women and they would do these like intramural play days, sometimes with a different school, they would do it with Calvin, um, and then there was also a MiAA, like anyone from the MiAA uh, Women's Athletic Association could come to these play days, um, and they would sing songs and do volleyball games and have tea, and it was a whole day event, and it was just this like really a wonderful day for them, and I and it's so different. I I didn't really realize it was so different than what I experienced. As a hope athlete, like as a hope athlete, I was kind of, and actually throughout my entire career as an athlete in general, even growing up, I was always, you know, just as much of a competitor as the boys at my school. Um, and we we were I was, I was like I was very blessed to um be taught as like that I was a competitor just as much. And as much as and important these women's play days and um wea intramurals were imp- like important to them it was really like an, uh, the reason that this was a thing at this time at least for the organizers was to create quote-unquote the well-rounded college woman um and so it was a different purpose i thought it would be like let's like let, let's play these sports we're just as great as men as Playing sports and all this stuff, um, but it wasn't quite there yet. Um, and I guess I was just surprised that my experience was so different than these women's, but not any more important because these women wanted to had so much fun doing these things, and this was their community, um, and it was so important to them. Um, so I don't want to, you know, say that it was bad or anything like that because they, it, this was their lifeline to them in their college career and volleyball for me was my community and my, uh, so it was just different, but I do, I do, um, think it was surprising to me how different women's sports experiences were because they weren't looked at as these competitors for the college or represent like a representation, like almost like a, a warrior for the college, like men's sports was at the time. And honestly, kind of how, uh, women's and men's sports are now, but instead it was to create a well-rounded woman for them and, and make them better, even though, um, they could, they were representations of the college too. So yeah, I guess that's what's really surprised me in that.
0: It's interesting that there's that, that common tie in terms of community. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sure. The, the, I'm trying to think of the right word, but obviously the, uh, I think you said it, the focus was different, you know, more, as yeah. you said, well-rounded athlete and the focus is well-rounded athlete for all here, yeah. but also there's that increased competitive side. Imagine to just grow an appreciation for that experience you've had now.
1: Um, oh my gosh. Yes. You know,
0: with, without, as you said, not diminishing what they had before, cause that's a community they had, but that, that appreciation for what, how it's grown.
1: Yeah. I. Um, and it really switched with Title IX specifically, this being Title IX's 100th year, uh, or not 100th year, 50th? Is that where yeah. we're on? <laughs> Obviously not 100th. Um,
0: Wish it was 100, but yes, just 50. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Title IX really switched it because it became more important for them to be not just intramural athletics, but it became... Intercollegiate athletics, so they were added to so more sports were added to the MiAA and made that equal, um, and it became more important to be representative of you know being warriors of hope. Um, so, I am just so thankful that I um, my experience was I wasn't being trained to be a well rounded woman um, through this through my experience at Hope and through my um, experience in volleyball, but I was doing playing volleyball for me and for the people around me and to support and represent Hope as a, as a college, as we traveled around the country really um, or around the region rather. And I am just really thankful that I had that opportunity. um, Instead of it being about, um, making me a a good woman, I just felt more empowered. And so I'm just really, really thankful. It like really puts it. I'm I'm so blessed to be born when I was so, yeah.
0: Who are some of the, is there, I name a couple of people. It can be at Hope. It can be outside just historically that you've met as we talk about women's history month, just that who inspire you or who are you deem as kind of role models for you, uh, whether or not they're in a different career or whatever. Just that, like, that are that are important to you. That you know, we sh- you'd like to highlight this. Yeah, moment.
1: my main inspiration and and role model is my grandma. Um, her name is Marlis, and she uh, was born in 1933. And what really connected me to this project and made it real for me was the fact that the woman's jacket was from 1953. And my grandma, um, she did not go to college, but she, so she was, uh, I don't, I think she graduated high school in 1951. And then she got married in 1953 when she was 20. And so she was probably around the same age as the woman who wore the jacket. Um, and she is like a piece of history to me because she actually, Experience the culture and world that that woman experienced. And it made it like so real for me, not just in this project. And as I'm kind of studying the 20th century, we um, did another research project with uh, Professor Jaynes about the 1930s and 40s um, at Hope. Like all of these like 20th century kind of projects that I've been doing have just, she's just really inspired me because she makes it real for me and makes me able to put a face to the culture. And it's not just this far stretch, like far, um, time that nobody's around from she's still here and people from that culture and experience that are still around. Um, and so she's a really big inspiration for me. Um, also, um, uh, just all of the women that are in volleyball with me now. Um, and my, I I don't know, I, as my, as history, as history major, and someone who's kind of obsessed with these, like telling of these stories, I, I always think about how I really want in the future, someone to care enough to go through my, my, uh, jackets and my, um, scrapbooks or someone to care enough to find my story. And, I, I'm so um, thankful for the people and women around me that um, empower me to do those things, uh, to, to work on women's stories from the past. And I just, it's my inspiration for, for not just me, but I want them to be remembered too um, and them to be kind of sought after in the future. Um, so really my grandma specifically, um, but then also just the community of women that I've been surrounded with today.
0: You mentioned grad school and lastly, I'll ask you kind of what's what, what do you see? What are you thinking right now as far as your career? What do you hope to, to do and, and try to accomplish as you move forward with your education from hope?
1: Yeah, I um, graduated in the fall um, in December now, but I um, am planning to go to grad school in one of three places. <laughs> I'm not totally sure. Um, I either Simmons University in Boston. Uh, Maryland or um, or uh, North Carolina Chapel Hill, and pursuing a dual master's degree in one an MA in history and an MS in library science, and hoping to just kind of be a archives librarian in a university setting. Um, just kind of as I was, um, I was just really inspired by my time at Joint Archives and. I think that that's where I kind of belong. So, yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, good luck with that adventure. We'll look forward to following you and uh, thank you for your time and joining us on the Hope Athletics Orange and
1: Blue podcast, Grace. Thank you so much.